Good morning, guys. Welcome to a Friday show. Hopefully, as I know I always say this, but hopefully you're having an outstanding morning. I'm doing pretty good. I want to start this out by just reminding everybody, I am not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you who's been through a toxic, exciting situation. And over the years, I've developed some tips and techniques that I use to help me through mine that I share with you guys to hopefully help you get your life back, get some calm back in your life, break free from the toxic ex, and hopefully if you have children, repair the relationships and, and get that back on track. The other thing I always like to mention is be careful of throwing around diagnos- diagnoses. If you do not have a diagnosis of your ex with a mental condition, don't be going around saying they have MPD, BPD, they're psychotic, whatever. Focus on the behaviors, focus on the patterns, and leave the diagnoses up to the professionals. If you like what we do here, you can uh, help support the channel by becoming a channel member. You can do that over at Dad Surviving. No, I'm sorry. You can do that over at YouTube under the main channel, Dad Surviving Divorce, and just scroll down and hit the join button. Appreciate all the support. At the end, I will recognize the people who are members. The other thing, this week I've been talking about the You Get to Be You podcast series that I'm on. So, uh, really looking forward to that. Over 30 experts. They should have had the one ex- the guests I'm ha- going to have on here shortly, but that's a different story. And uh, check that out. You can find the link down below. It's you, uh, you get to be you.com slash Dwayne. On that, yesterday, towards the end of the show, I had a question from somebody who said that, uh, how do you find a good therapist? How do you figure this out? And I'm like, you know, I happen to know somebody who I've done some collaborations with. And I reached out to her yesterday. And she agreed to come on today. And talk about this and uh, help everybody really figure out how to get the most out of the therapeutic process. So I'm excited to have her on. I'll introduce her, her in, I will introduce her in a few moments. But the phone lines are open. If you guys want to participate, you can do that by dialing 1-424-373-5483-1424 DSD Live. If you are outside of the United States, and you want to call in via, well, not call in, but you know, not use your international dialing. You can do that by scrolling down in the video description and use the web interface. And that way you don't have to pay international calling. So on that, I am going to jump right into this and welcome Chris Godinez. She runs the uh, We Need to Talk with uh, Chris Godinez YouTube channel where she does these weekly uh, Sunday live streams and some other videos where she posts stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, let me, let me. Hopefully all this works. So let me, Chris, Chris good hey, morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Hey, thank you so much. I know um, when I was talking about short notice, I'm like, hey, you want to be on my live show tomorrow? <laughs> you're like, uh, well, and then we didn't even talk about that. At first, you're like, no, I got to work. We can do it later. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Well, I do it at six in the morning. You're like, oh, well, that's, be- that's before work. So we could do that. <laughs> So hey, before before we jump into it, why don't you just give people a little bit of uh, who, you know a little glimpse in who you are and talk about your show a little bit, and then we'll dive right into the questions. I am a licensed professional counselor. I have been doing this since two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Uh, I'm in private practice. Uh, I did my internship at the homeless shelter, so I definitely learned right. about every kind of mental illness you could possibly think of. <laughs> so. That was fun. Um, I have my own uh, YouTube channel, which is We Need to Talk with Chris Godinas on every Sunday at noon. I have uh, the author of two books, and I'm working on two more, trying to get that done. I'm just There's not enough hours in the day. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of who I am. I started this uh, three or four years ago, uh, basically because I recognized that there was not a lot of conversation about domestic violence, and there was not a lot of conversation about the types of uh, cluster bees that do the domestic violence and people were just like, how do I even heal from this? Because it is so incomprehensible to the average person who has not been in an abusive relationship, what these people do to you. So that's why I started the channel. So yeah, to help my clients and to help general population. So yeah. And and guys, I would highly encourage you to check her channel out. It's, uh, we're we're about the same size. It's kind of weird. I would have, we were just talking before. I'm just like, what, 
just amazed that she's not one of the ones that have exploded. And oh, we have an echo. So that's why I started the channel. Why am I hearing this? Wow, that's interesting. So it looks like my phone system just took a dump. Okay. Well, so that's uh, problematic. That is weird. Oh, I know why it's doing it. You know what? Stand by one, people. I think, I ha- I think I'm playing the show in the background, and I am. That's what's going on. So my phone is like, hey, you said you want to hear this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this in. <laughs> All right, so oh, I can oh. do that. Sorry about that. Hopefully, I'll get this, get this working. It's like hearing myself in my ears going, what's going on? So um, one thing I just want to say is uh, I talk a lot about the, the importance of therapy, that especially, you know, if you've gone through the pain of this, I mean, you're already hurting, you might as well spend the time and push through it and get to the other side. You know, the analogy I've used, I, I think I used this yesterday, is it's like getting into a, into a cold pool, right? You stick your foot in, it's like, oh my God, it's cold. Well, you can slowly inch your way through and torture yourself for 15 minutes until you acclimate to it. Or you can just kind of just dunk yourself in, or you can just dive in. And the, the, the thing is, I mean, for the most part, unless maybe it's you're in freezing, freezing water, you know, you're going to acclimate to it really quick. It won't bother you any much, and you can move on with your life. But, but the more we hang on, in my opinion, the more we hang on and don't put in the work, we are just prolonging the emotional abuse and the attachment with whoever helped us get to this glorious situation. And ultimately, not getting us to where we want to go, right? Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the thing of it is, is that people are afraid. You yeah. know, they've seen so many television shows and so many movies, and they have this misconception of what therapy is. Oh, yeah. You know, and, who? gosh, this is such a big topic. I'm not even sure where to start. So, <laughs> so, so here's the thing. If you're going to seek therapy... You've got to decide why you're going. You know, it's not up to the therapist to tell you why you're going. It's up to you to tell the therapist why you're going to therapy. So sometimes I have people literally come in and all they want to do is just complain. You know, well, this is happening and that's happening and this person is abusing me and this person is abusing me. Okay, good. Are you done being abused? And (laughs) sometimes they look at me and they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, if you don't know, I can't tell you. You know, it's not the therapist's job to tell you what to do. It's the therapist's job to guide you. It's kind of like, think of it this way. Therapy is like going down the rapids on the Colorado River. Your guide is your therapist. All they're doing is going, oh, look, there's a boulder over here. Let's row this way. Oh, look, there's a boulder over here. Let's row this way. Hey, why don't we not go through the middle of this waterfall? Do you see where I'm going with that? So we're like a guide. Yeah, the other thing I would add on to that is exactly, and and if you're my guide going down the Colorado River, and I don't, when I don't know the Colorado River, so I don't know the the mark landmarks, but if I don't say, hey, I really want to see the 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 shrub over there and this over there, you're going to assume that I don't want to see that, and it's like, okay, well, he just wants to go down the river, so I'll make sure he doesn't plow head first over a cliff or whatever. But it, yeah, it's a collaborative effort. You need to be involved in it and say, look. And that's funny you say that because I remember that. It's like, I mean, because I think when I went, I'm like, I want this pain to stop. I want to yes. get through this, right? And, and I could see how, how, and maybe that's just maybe a pragmatic way that I approach it. You know, maybe it's just the way my brain works. So I wasn't thinking about, okay, well, I want to sit here and I just want to talk about it for an hour. I'm like, no, I want, I mean, I want this over. <laughs> I don't want right. to feel this way anymore. And right, exactly. And that's the best kind of client to have is somebody who comes in and goes, here's the problem. Here's what I want. And then I'm like, great. Here's right. the roadmap. <laughs> so this so, role, yeah. I was going to say this rolls into the, and the, the kind of the catalyst of this whole thing. And it's a question that I get a lot. And I'm sure you probably get on your channel as well. Mm-hmm. But, but how do you as, as somebody or how would somebody who has been through uh, effectively trauma f- go about finding the right therapist? out there because there's a lot of different specialties. There's a lot of different skill levels. So and our problems, I think people in our, these type of communities are a little more complex than the normal. Hey, I'm, I'm stressed at work and I'm trying to deal with anxiety because my boss is yelling at me or, or whatever. 
You know, I mean, not that those aren't aren't serious issues, and more than likely, there's probably underlying issues behind it that's leading to it. But how does somebody in this situ in our situation or my situation, would you recommend for the listeners here? Would you recommend finding a good a good quality therapist that really is going to be skilled to help you? So there are so many different modalities. You kind of need to know what you are looking for. So. Uh, Bessel van der Kolk is all about the somatic. He's all about the um, the body keeps score, right? That's a great book, The Body Keeps Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And it's about trauma because our bodies hold on to it. So there are somatic therapists out there that help you release the trauma from the body. There's gestalt where you talk to an empty chair, right? Mm -hmm. There is DBT, which is dialectic behavioral therapy, where you are practicing mindfulness. It's essentially westernized buddhism is what it is okay so mindfulness you know it's like what are you saying why are you saying it then there's cbt cognitive behavioral therapy which is what i do which is what's the thought pattern what are you constantly feeding your brain you know what what are you thinking what is why is this doing this where did this come from so there's different modalities you kind of have to know there's emdr oh crap i can't remember what that stands for Uh, eye movement Rapid desensitization. Yeah. yeah. So it's reprocessing. It's reprocessing. So that's where you look at, at an object, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right. And it's helping you basically bypass the amygdala, which the amygdala is our fight, flight, freeze, or fawn center. So sometimes when you're doing cognitive and you're dealing with trauma, you get stuck in the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. You'll have a flashback. You'll get stuck in the trauma. You'll, do you see where yeah. I'm going with that? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. MDR can be really helpful in conjunction with talk therapy, CBT. So there's EFT, emotional freedom therapy. That's the tapping where, you you know, you tap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's that. I mean, so there's so many different modalities. You kind of have to start researching to figure out what's going to work best for you. Some people, EMDR does not work for them. Other people, it does. Some people, they love EFT. Other people don't. Some people do better with DBT. Other people do better with CBT. It's a personal preference. So you have to be your own kind of, uh, you got to research it. Just think of it this way. You wouldn't just go buy a car, right? That's exactly the analogy I was going to use on that. That's funny. Great minds think alike. That's awesome. You wouldn't just go buy a car. You would research it. You would look it up on consumer reports. You would ask for reviews. Do the same thing with a therapist. Ask for reviews. There's reviews out there, you know? So read up on the reviews. Word of mouth is the best. Actually, word of mouth is the best uh, referral I could possibly get. And that is honestly where most of my clients come from is, oh, I saw you on YouTube or, oh, I heard you know, so-and-so is using you. And of course I'm like, Hippolas, I cannot say a word whether I am or I am not, but oh, yeah, you know, good it's, point. <laughs> you know, but they'll, you know, they'll say so-and-so referred you and you've got a great reputation and this type of thing. So you want to look for that. Then you also have to decide what kind of therapy you want. In other words, some therapists and i these, and we were talking about this earlier. Some therapists are just there for the Benjamins. They don't yeah. care about how long the person is in therapy. Now, when there is trauma, yes, the person is going to be in therapy a lot longer, right? Because they've got so much, especially if the trauma started in childhood, you're going to be plowing through Pete Walker's books uh, from Surviving to Thriving by Pete Walker. You're going to be plowing through the Inner Child Workbook by Katherine Taylor. You're going to be doing the self-esteem workbook by uh, uh, Glenn Schiraldi. You're going to be working on codependency with Codependent No More and uh, by Melanie Beattie and uh, The Disease to Please by Harriet Breaker. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of work involved, and it's not going to be a one and done. It's going to be like going through, plowing through, working through all of this stuff so that you have all the skills and all the tools so that an abuser, you know, if you even see an abuser, you're going to be like, do, 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 abuser. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Moving away. You know, so some therapists will keep the client in therapy for years, like decades. Think of, um, what's his name? Woody Allen. How many years was he laying on a couch? 25 plus. Didn't do any, not that I could see. (laughs) So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, and that was the old psychotherapy, you know, Freudian where you lay on the couch and you're supposed to project onto the therapist. That's a load of crap. If you want my personal opinion, but so then there's brief therapy and a lot of insurance companies, uh, and this is why I don't take insurance because I don't want a middleman. I don't want, I don't want somebody telling me 
how many sessions this person needs. Yeah, you know exactly. Saying? So a lot of insurance companies will go, you get six sessions. Well, that's great if the issue is your run-of-the-mill anxiety, depression, right, right. life change. You know, I, I'm losing my job. I need to find a new job. I'm not sure what to do. That would be fine for six sessions. When you're dealing with deep-seated trauma, uh-uh. You're talking two, three, possibly four years. After that, then you got to kind of question, what are you getting out of the therapy? Right. Does that I, make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one thing, it's funny you're going to use, you use the car analogy because I was thinking the same thing. But what, uh, so... Okay. I mean, what I normally tell people on my channel is look for a trauma therapist, you know, look when you look them up and they show their specialty and maybe it's marriage counseling and maybe it's LGBT issues, you know, whatever, look for trauma, <laughs> make sure yes. trauma's in there because it seems like those are the ones that really get it right. I yeah. mean, and I, and I think what's unique about yours, like I was looking at your website the other day. I mean, you, you kind of lean out there and say, look, Hey, I have these experiences in my life. So that's where I'm able to help you is because I understand where you've been. Most therapists don't do that, right? I mean, it's like, you know, they, they, they're like, okay, I, I, I'm the professional. I'm sitting over here. Not that you can't have a good rapport with them. I mean, I think my, my, the one I had, which I think she was a psych D, um, and, I got, and I basically found her as a fluke. It, she was going to be our, our co-parenting communication therapist that somebody was recommending as is typical, the ex, you know, narcissistic person typically doesn't, has zero interest in doing that. And, yeah. and uh, anyway, so I'm like, Hey, look, I've already set everything up. Do you mind since this isn't happening? Can I just use you? And she's like, yeah, sure. And I mean, so talk, I mean, zero research, zero. I mean, it was another, uh, our kids therapist recommended her and phenomenal. I mean, the, the lady was, amazing. I've, I've told other people stories where there were times where I would drive up and I'm thinking, why am I doing this? I'm taking time off work. I'm coming here. I'm going to sit here for 45 minutes. I'm going to regurgitate the same crap that I've done every other time. And I'm not making any progress. This is a waste of time. This is what I would think in going in. I would go in and at the end of the session, I'd be like, holy hell, what just happened? And it wasn't even like I mean, not like huge breakthroughs, but it was just like, I mean, you were talking about like the guide, right? I mean, she was like a master guide. It's like, you know, Hey Dwayne, look at, you know, don't, don't forget to look at the flowers over there and, and Hey, check out that rock over there. I mean, just the nuances. And I remember yeah. a few times, I mean, I'd, I'd gone to her for like a year or so. And one day we were talking about something and I said something, I don't remember what it was. And, and I'm like a different situation. She goes, Oh yeah. Like, um, you mentioned that before. Uh, in this other situation. And I literally stopped and I'm like, holy shit, you're actually listening to me. I mean, yeah. I, we talked about that a year ago. Yeah, and exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I was, I, I was yeah. really lucky on that. Yeah, you were, that was, that's what I call a God wink. Oh man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I that was, like, was opened up and went, ah! so yeah. And, and you can't just leave it to chance though. You lucked out, but what you want to do is you want to find somebody who is a domestic violence specialist who understands domestic violence because this is all abuse this is all domestic violence right right on somebody who's a trauma therapist who gets trauma and does not re-traumatize the person oh while God. working through the trauma and there are a lot of therapists out there that do not understand that because they have not been through trauma themselves so here's i want to talk about what you were talking about yes i do put myself out there i have a book called what's wrong with your dad available on amazon and it's about my growing up with an alcoholic, opiate addict, personality disordered parent, you know, right. and in the old days, again, and, and I, I really think my profession really needs a big revamp because they have not caught up to the times. So when we were going through school, they were very much, oh, you need to be a blank screen therapist. You're supposed to be this God on a hill. And I'm like, I was just about to swear and flip the camera off. <laughs> BS. That yeah. is total BS. The thing of it is, is that you want somebody you have rapport with. You want yeah. somebody you can connect with like instantly. Cause think about it. We're asking the, the person coming in to bear their souls, to tell their deepest, darkest secrets right. and to somebody. And you've got to have that trust. You've got to have that rapport. 
So for example, when I work with somebody who's been traumatized, that's the first thing I tell them. It's like, Hey, I've been there. I've done that. I get it. I totally get it. And it's amazing to watch them blossom. And it's amazing to watch them bloom and open up because if you go to a therapist who's impersonal, who doesn't have rapport with the client, the client is never going to be able to share all of their stories. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's, I mean, I think that's like you just said, that's the key is, is you, if you well, see, and the thing is, if you don't do that, right. I mean, if you don't put, open up the closet, so to speak, and hit those issues, you're not going to make any progress. Exactly. Now, exactly. And, and, and you, yeah, go ahead. You can, you can fire your therapist. I just want to make that yeah. perfectly clear if it is not working. And trust me, I am not for everyone. I swear like a sailor. I have a sense of humor. I'm not afraid to use it. I'm totally blunt. I will not sugarcoat stuff. I tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Right. And I'm not for everybody. And sometimes when somebody is not ready to go there, they're like, uh, you're too much. I don't want to use you. Okay, well, let me refer you to Marsha Diane, or let me refer you to Catholic Charities, or let me refer you to, do you see where I'm going? And I do yeah. not take it personally because I am not for everybody. But if you are not jibing with your counselor, fire them. <laughs> but here's the reason why people don't. We've got codependency because of the abuse. Yeah. And people are afraid to speak up because they're afraid of hurting the therapist's feelings. And so they'll stick with a terrible therapist, just like they stuck with the abuser because they're afraid of their reaction. You cannot do that, guys. You've got to be willing to fire somebody who is not working for you. It is part of your healing process. No, that's an excellent point. And I would even say that if you're working with somebody, maybe you get to a point where they were helping you mm-hmm. and now maybe you've reached their level of, I mean, you know, their, their specialty and it is time and it could, there could be a possibility that you're working with somebody for two years and then maybe you need to do move with someone else to cover a different issue or, or to, to deep dive in an area that you haven't been able to do with the other person, right? Exactly. So for example, if I'm working with somebody and they're continually triggered, continually stuck, and we can't seem to move them out of that amygdala response, right. that's when I go, okay, we've, we, you keep getting triggered, you keep getting stuck. Let me refer you to EMDR. Let me refer you to EFT. And then they'll go and then they'll work with them, break through that. And then oftentimes they'll come back to continue doing the CBT. No, I make sense. And and that's the thing. If you've got a therapist that's unwilling to refer you. Something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this for a second. How many narcissists are in my profession? (laughs) I would say three. Million? (laughs) Remember, narcissists are attracted to positions of power. Yeah. It's a position of power. And it's kind of like Spider-Man. With great responsibility, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Remember that line? Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of like that. And when I was going through my master's program, I had a a therapist, a, a professor who absolutely was disordered, who absolutely got off on the power. And he honestly said, and this is how I knew he was one, I'm so glad I'm out of private practice. I hated my patients. Oh, Jesus. What? I love my clients. I love them. They're awesome. So you know you're dealing with a a narcissist when they're all about the power. And so because he couldn't continue to manipulate his clients, he became a professor. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately. A lot of narcissists in this profession, you have to trust your gut. So when you're looking for a therapist, it's, and we don't trust our guts. That's the problem. When we come out of an abusive relationship, we don't know who the heck we are, let alone how to tell whether somebody else is a good person or not. So it's learning to trust your gut. The head and the heart will tell stories. The gut never does. Right. So the is a simple yes or no answer to a yes or no question. And you start developing that by doing things that you already know the answer to. So for me, I hate peanut butter. It's the texture. I don't like it. So when I ask my gut, hello gut, do I like peanut butter? It's like a visceral <laughs> no. But <That's> funny. <laughs> do I use peanut butter cups? Oh, hell yeah, I do. And it's like a calm, yep, you do. 
So you start with things that you already know the answer to. And when you're looking for a therapist, I like to look at the pictures. And, and, and I hate to say this, but sometimes the, the profile pictures, they, they, you can kind of tell that they've got crazy eyes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's true. Well, and here's the thing. When I was going through my program, out of a class of how many women, 45 and one guy, there were three other therapists in there that I would trust out of a class of 45. Yeah. The rest were in there to figure themselves out, to be on a power trip, to gain, you know, fame or notoriety, or I'm going to be a PhD because that's what my ego demands. You know, do you see where I'm going with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of bad therapists out there, and they're in it for the wrong reasons. Now, here's another way to tell. And I know I'm talking a lot. Sorry. <laughs> but no, it's fine. Here's a way to tell. If in your session, the therapist is doing all the talking and you don't get a word in edgewise, that's a bad therapist. Oh my God. <laughs> that's crazy. You just said that. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, uh, okay. All right. I, I guess I that makes sense. <laughs> so many clients come to me and sit down and tell me that their previous therapist did all the talking and that they could not get a word in edgewise. That tells me how many bad therapists there are out there. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's sad. I mean, and I think you, when you were talking about the, uh, following your gut, God, I mean, we really need to learn to listen to that. Listen to our intuition. Listen to that little feeling that's saying something's not right. You know, I mean, in every aspect of our lives, I mean, there's, it's amazing how many times we, we do that and we just make an excuse for it. And you, you let it go and you don't listen to it. But I would say the same thing. If you walk into a therapist's office and that a first thing, you're less like, you know, I, well, and here's the reality. Let's say that person is a great therapist, hypothetically. And if I walked in there and if, if I'm talking about me and if I walked in and for whatever reason, I just don't feel comfortable. The question is, I mean, the reality is, is am I going to then feel comfortable to, to bear the deep, dark secrets recessed in the back aspects of my mind? Probably not. So then what's the point? Exactly. I mean, I remember, no, I was going to say, I remember one point talking to one of my kids because they were, you know, kind of fighting with their therapist and it was like, they were making it, one of my kids was like making it a game. I'm like, that's not the purpose of this. If you're going in and you're playing, you know, for 45 minutes to an hour, you're playing a mental game, trying to outsmart the therapist. It's the wrong therapist. Right. And, but I mean, obviously in our situation or in my situation or people in my situation, I mean, you don't, a lot of times you don't have the flexibility because the X is, you know, you, you just can't switch. And a lot of times they don't want the therapy. So if you, you know, it's like nothing is better than, or something is better than nothing kind of, you know, well, and that is a consideration to take into consideration. Wow. That was really, (laughs) that was awesome. (laughs) In the morning and I have not finished my coffee. I have more coffee, Chris. (laughs) So when we are dealing with a combative ex and they are personality disordered or they are just, you know, assholes, sorry, but you know, whatever, um, they will fight the child getting therapy of any kind. So what I recommend to people is if you're going into a custody battle, you have it in the court orders that the children are to receive therapy. Now, The ex will then demand that they have final say. No, it's got to be a joint decision, right? Right. But they will try try to pick a therapist that is either a licensed associate therapist, which means they're fresh out of college, haven't got their permanent degree or their permanent licensure yet, don't know they're hind in from a hole in the ground. So, um, or they'll pick somebody who has absolutely no clue what personality disorders are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here's something else I want to point out. When I was going through college, they refused, refused to teach about personality disorders because they kept saying, oh, the DSM-5 is going to get rid of them. The DSM-5 is going to get rid of them. They're not going to be there. And I'm sitting here going, okay, well, you can get rid of it. There's still going to be domestic violence and there's still going to be these personalities out there that are going to abuse. So why not educate the therapists on it so that they can help the people? That's part of the reason why I started my channel because I was like, this is baloney. And this makes me angry. So even if they get rid of it, now they're talking about putting it on a spectrum, you know, which honestly works. But as long as you keep it in there, because these behaviors are 
around the world. You show me an, uh, somebody who is NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, or borderline personality disorder, the behaviors are the exact same no matter where in the world, no matter what culture, no matter what sex, etc. So they don't teach it in school. So that's why it's so important that you interview your therapist thoroughly. Where did you go to school? Did they teach you about personality disorders? Did they teach you about abuse? Did they teach you about trauma? And if they didn't, how have you learned about it? Where did you get your trauma training? How do you know about this? Do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I want to just dovetail on that. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think most people on the other side of the fence, the client side or the customer side or, or however you want to classify it. And, and it, you assume, and I know I did, you assume, oh, it's, it's a mental health disorder. It's serious. All professionals are going to know about it. And, and what I found, and I found out about it through my therapist. They didn't diagnose my ex or anything. It's just after working with her for, for a year or two, and I was spiraling out of control. I mean, I, it was not, I was not doing good. We even actually tried, she is certified in EMDR and, uh, we tried it and it was too much. It was just too much. Um, we started it, stopped it. And then thank God she had the skill set to find another way to get me to the, you know, get me to the, the path I needed to without doing that. And I was really bummed because I was really hoping that was going to work. But my point is though, I remember at one point talking to the kids therapist and, I mean, and this was early on. I mean, I was, I was working on my, my internet PhD on narcissism, right? And uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I was talking to the therapist one day, and she said, you know, the, the ex had done something, you know, whatever. And she goes, well, why do you think, you know, just looked at me seriously and said, well, why do you think she does that? And I said, well, I think she does it because she's NPD, probably comorbid with borderline, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she looked at me and said, what's that? Literally said, what's that? And I thought, I thought initially I'm like, okay, she's screwing with me. Oh no. She didn't know. She didn't know. And thank God, I guess, kind of my therapist and hers. I mean, she actually, that's the person, the kid's therapist is the one that recommended the therapist I had. So they were colleagues. And I had said early on, I'm like, Hey, look, you talk to my therapist, all, you know, whatever I have to sign, you guys can communicate. I don't, because I want to help my kids and I want to help me. So if you guys think I'm a effing knucklehead, I want my therapist to know so she can at least help me try to work through it, right? And right. Uh, so, I mean, she said that and I was just, I was, I was completely shocked. I, I was trying to rationalize. I'm like, okay, so she's being condescending, you know, whatever. I'm like, she, how can she not know? And then later, it, she, she came back later and she goes, oh, oh, um, I took a course, uh, a seminar on narcissist uh, NPD on border uh, personality disorders. And I'm like, are you fuck? Sorry. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So no, guys, so guys, I just want to, th- I mean, so Chris just said it, but, but there are a lot of therapists out. I think it's, I think they're, it, I think it's starting to change, but there's a lot of them that don't know. So, yes. and I want to ask you one other question. I'm like, actually, you know what? Let me, before I do that, did you want to dovetail on anything I just said before I, before I ask something? Well, one thing I wanted to say is, is that in the early, well, the mid 2000s, when I was going through my master's program, the reason they didn't want to teach personality disorders is because the APA and the ACA, half of them wanted to get rid of the personality disorders altogether. I'll give you three reasons why. Why? Because they're all personality disorder, that half of the organization. (laughs) <laughs> so thankfully, the other half of the organization had a fit and said, no, we're not getting rid of the personality disorders. This is real. We need to keep this in here. So there's a lot of political BS going on with the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Manual 5. Right. And of course, we're coming up on the new Diagnostic Manual being released sometime soon. So and there's going to be that, that battle all over again, because again, the ones that have the disorder don't want to be found out. They don't want people to be able to identify them. And so they want to get rid of it and pretend it doesn't exist. I'm sorry, just because it's kind of like that, that, that uh, object impermanence, you know, kind of thing. So it's kind of like if, if you don't see it, it doesn't exist. That's what they think because that's personality disorder that borders on psychotic thinking. That's the, that's the borderline part of it. But so yeah, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, I mean, it's just, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's important to just talk about that because, I mean, and that's why I like to have conversations like this. And I know we talked a little bit about this when we did our, our collaboration what, last year. Was it last year? Jesus. It's been a while. 
Yeah, I mean, well, hell, it, yeah, I, I think it was like right before the end. Well, maybe, yeah, I think it was before the end of 2019. I'll put a link in the show notes about um, uh, on that so people can check that. It was a good conversation. But but uh, I think it's important to kind of to, to go in how this stuff works so people understand really what to expect. I mean, it would be like, like using the car analogy. It would be like going in and thinking in my mind, it's like, okay, I want to go I want to go camping in the mountains and I want to four wheel out and I want to do, you know, I mean, I, that's what I want to do. I need a vehicle that's going to, going to climb me up a mountain, get me in some back roads, uh, that I can sting up a little bit. I'm not too worried about it, but you go into a car dealership and you don't tell them that's what you want. And they, and they like, okay, well here's, you know, here's a Honda Accord. (laughs) Oh, okay. And you know, you never say, Hey, um, I need this vehicle to do this, you know? I mean, and it's like, oh, well, crap, that's a completely different solution, you know? Right. And right. if you, it's just, it's, it's good, I think, to have these conversations so that people can have a better expectation of what to expect. Now, the next part I wanted to get into, yeah. and I don't know if I asked you this last time, but how should somebody talk to a therapist, right? Because I think, and what I mean is like, if I went in, you know, if I went in with my newfound internet degree um, to a therapist and I walk in and I say, uh, you know, uh, my, my ex has, you know, my ex is BPD and uh, uh, malignant narcissism, you know, whatever. Start throwing out terms. Mm-hmm. I generally tell people, don't do that, you know, okay. I mean, because. We're interested in the behavior. We want to hear what you went through. We want to hear the behavior and then let the professional kind of figure out what the heck's going on. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I've heard people who've done that and the therapist, they'll come back to me and they'll say, you know, I, I went to this person and I talked about what was going on, the behavior. And they said, oh, wow, it sounds like you're dealing with somebody who's borderline or it sounds like you're dealing with somebody who might be MPD. And I mean, I, to me, I found like a good sign if they can discern what's going on with that. And, yes. you know, that's like to me, that would be like, oh, OK. And almost sometimes it's right. like I think if you go in and you say too much and the person, if they're egomaniac, they could probably think, you know, oh, well, you know, oh, you think, you know, you, you know, I went to school for six years and did my, my three years of, uh, you know, certification hours to get this little thing that's on the wall right here. You know, who the hell do you think you are? Um, which, I mean, I guess if they do that, that's a good sign to realize probably not going to be the best person for you. But, um, you know, so anyways, I, I guess I like what you were saying on that, you know, just, just, Focus on the behaviors. Focus on what's happening with uh, in right. the situation, and then see how they respond. Right. Right. Exactly. And so, what I do when somebody comes in is or comes in, I haven't had an actual inpatient client inpatient because of the whole COVID thing. I'm doing everything telehealth. Right. Which I don't <laughs> like. I much prefer in person. But when somebody is sitting in front of me, I, I basically go. Hey, what's what's going on? What brings you in? What's what what drove you into therapy? Because let's face it, people don't generally wake up and go, "Hey, I want to be in therapy," unless there's yeah. something serious going on, right? Right, right. So I'll ask them. It's like, well, what's the situation? Tell me what's happening, and I really want to hear what's happened to you. So then they'll tell me the behaviors. They'll tell me what's happened, what's going on, how they felt, what the person was doing to them, and that gives me a really good idea, you know, of what we're dealing with. So yeah. No, that's, that makes sense. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's just weird because there's so much going on. Right. I mean, and I, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I've seen a lot of people on my channel. We were actually talking about this the other day where I think I did a a topic on this on one of the live shows where, you know, you start, you'll start out with this and you'll go in or you'll, you'll, your marriage will blow apart, right? You're like, oh my God, I'm dealing with someone who's, you know, doing parental alienation. You know, how the hell did this happen? And very often you start diving into this and it goes past that person, right? You realize that that last person was just the last indicator of years or decades of different relationships. And a lot of times it boils right back down to your, your family of origin, your parents, you know? Exactly. So the thing of it is, is we don't just pop out of the womb going, gosh, I'd really love to be in an abusive relationship. Yay. <laughs> let's go do it. You know, over right, and over. right. Our family of origin. I always talk about this. This is called the original wound. They wound us and then they groom us and they 
teach us to be codependent. So a codependent relationship is where one person is leaning on the other or a really messed up relationship is where both people are leaning on each other. And they teach us what to put up with, what not to put up with. You know, they teach us to be codependent. They teach us to put up with abuse, et cetera. They groom us essentially. So that's why when somebody comes in and tells me I've had this horrible relationship and this horrible relationship and this horrible relationship, and here's the current horrible relationship, I'll go, okay, it's going to be like cleaning out a horse stall. We've got to deal with what's going on right here, right now first so that I can get you stable enough so that we can start working on cleaning down to the bottom of the horse stall, which is the original wound. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think the thing on that is, and I, and I could see with you saying that and people thinking about it, there can be that fear response inside going, oh crap, I'm not ready to deal with that. You know, oh no, you know what? Never mind. I'll just, I'll just give me a bandaid to deal with this current situation. And I'm not going there because it's not worth it. Right. Uh but here's the thing. If you do not fix your picker, what's going to happen? You're going to just dive right back into another abusive relationship because who's running the show? Not adult you. Right. It's inner child you. And so what an inner child does is they look outside and they go, oh, icky relationship with mom and dad and grandparents and whatever. Here's the original wound. Oh, subconsciously. This is not conscious. This right. is subconscious. Oh, look, there's somebody who kind of sort of reminds me of this dysfunctional relationship. Well, if I can make them love me, I prove mom and dad wrong. Half of a doo-doo sandwich, half of a doo-doo sandwich, total doo-doo sandwich. You know, I, I often use, or the analogy I'll use is I say, you know, it's, it's, like, a, it's, a, it's like a test, right? So you take a test and you fail the test and you get to do the test again. So if you, if you don't fix it and learn it, you just keep repeating it. And oftentimes the really fun part about it is oftentimes the next person and, you know, the next, you know, next contestant is going to be, it's, it's almost like your, your, that inner child goes, well, okay, I didn't learn the lesson on the last one. Let me find somebody worse to really drive the point home for me to learn it. And it's just, it's, it's, it's sad. I mean, I've seen it in my real life with people who just make just bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. It's like, oh my God, you have to get off this crazy train because if you don't, you're just going to keep going around in circles doing the same thing over and over and over again. So fear, I love to tell people, is false evidence appearing real. That's fear. Yeah, It's not real. It's a thought. And so it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. You know, is it dead? Is it alive? So in our little inner child mind it's like oh but it's going to be worse if i work on this well how do you know you haven't freaking done it yet oh yeah no that's that's a great point and well and see and the thing i try to like try to tell people and i'm sure i still have more stuff to do we always have you know there's there's like you can keep kind of like cleaning out it's like you clean and then you clean some more then you clean some more then you know you get to where you need to be but but it's like like i was saying at the beginning it's you know, you're already here, right? You, you've already been through this trauma. You're, if you're at the point where you're, you're thinking, okay, I need therapy, just embrace it. Embrace yes. the suck, so to speak, and, right. and work through it. Because once you get to the other side, it's, it's life transforming. It, it it's, compl- so it, it's so much easier. And, and the beautiful thing is, and again, it's kind of like that fear of the unknown and it's the inner child freaking out. So you've got to be like, Hey, little one, guess what? We already went through the worst. Yeah. We survived. We did. We made it to adulthood. So let's fix these wounds so that just in case another disordered person comes into our orbit, we can go, Oh look, disordered person. Let's go this way instead. <laughs> you know, instead of, Oh look, disordered person, I'm going to fix them. No. Oh Yeah. No, that's yeah. a, that's a great point. And I, one of the other things, I, and I mean, I think this feeds into it. I always often talk about, you have to get to the, well, you have to get to the point that you're okay with yourself and there's a long process to do that. That's just not like you wake up one day and you're like, oh wow, I'm okay. You know, happy alone. There's, it takes work to get there. The second part is when you have that, then you can start building better, healthy, emotional boundaries because now when someone comes in and if it's like, you know what, this is dragging me down. I don't need this person in my life. I don't need this crap in my life. And you're in a much better position to say, as, as opposed to being like, oh my God, I don't want to be alone. You know, I mean, I got this person, you know, maybe in your mind you're thinking, oh, the only person I can get to love me is this piece of crap. Or you, you target low because it's like, well, 
you think, I think, you people think, you get in this mindset, well, it's like, well, if I pick somebody that's damaged too, that maybe has similar wounds, um, they won't leave me because if I had somebody who connected with me on that way, I would feel so grateful and would hold on to them. And all it is, it's a, it's a trap. You, you get into the point to where you start moving your goal line or where your boundaries are to where you don't even have any anymore. Yes. And it's, it's like, you need to be able to say, you need to be able, in my opinion, to have a, if you're in a relationship or anything, I don't care if they're a friend. I mean, I get jobs that's a little more complicated, but, but to be in a situation to where you can say, you know what? No, yes. this, I'm not going to allow in my life. I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. And I don't, you know, I'm not so afraid that I need you that I'm going to allow it because of the fear of, oh my God, what if I'm alone or what if no one else will love me or what if, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And fear stops people a lot. So let me give you an example. Um, I had a client I started with in 2013, inconsistent, not, not coming consistently. The whole thing would disappear for a couple of years at a time and then come back. And it's kind of like, it was because of the fear. It was because of the inner child. It was because of all the damage that happened when they were younger. And then they finally came back and they started working sort of the books and then they would stop. And, and that's what happens. Okay. And then what finally happened was, is I, I basically didn't yell at her, but I basically was like, look, you've been basically pissing around since 2013. Are you done being abused? And she was kind of hemming and hawing. And I said, you know what? I'm going to send you my notes. I'm going to send you my notes. And in my notes, I say client, not doing the work client, not serious about this client. And I'll be damned if she didn't finally go, Holy crap. I had no idea. I was doing that. I had no idea. I was pissing around. I had no idea. And she knuckled down. She did it. She has her social work degree now and she's going to go be a therapist. Oh, wow. That's awesome. (laughs) So it's, 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 the fear and it's the child it's the inner child. And we really started hitting the inner child work super hard to get that little one safe and secure and grown up. You have to reparent yourself. You have to reprogram all of the negative stuff that you got so that you can move forward as a full functioning adult. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I mean, and and I think, you know, as, as you were saying this, I was thinking it, thinking of this thought that it's amazing how, you can become comfortable in the fear, right? Oh, yeah. it, it, it's like, it feels, I mean, it feels like crap, but it feels like a blanket. It's like, it's comfortable. Like, like I love, you know, the chaos just makes me feel, you know, I mean, it, well, actually I think what it is more is the chaos keeps you so occupied that there's so much going on that you can't work on. You know, oh, I don't have time to look behind the bed or underneath the bed to see what's there because, you know, ah, you know, you're, you're in this, this panic mode. And, the, and that's why people don't like being alone because now they're thinking, oh, man. now they're feeling. So it's kind of like, think of it this way. It, it really is an addiction being in an abusive relationship. We're not addicted to the abuse. We are addicted to the person because they do the intermittent positive rewards. So when the chaos goes away, it's like an addict going, oh my God, now I feel, holy shit, where's the bottle? Oh Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, actually that makes it. And and when I've said a lot and I've seen this a lot too, is people, I mean, and I kind of, I think you're kind of saying the same thing. People will sabotage good relationships because it's like, oh no, oh no. You know, I don't, it's like in your internal mind, it's like you want someone to treat you well. You want someone to respect your boundaries, but deep down in your subconscious, you're saying, I'm not worthy of that. Exactly. So when I first started dating John, you want to hear something funny? We went to go see uh, uh, Dracula, the Gary Oldman movie, okay. back in Westwood, back in 1992 or whatever. And he kissed me, and I freaked out, <laughs> like freaked out. Like I was like, nope, want to date other people. Why? Because I knew he was going to be good for me. You know? It I- was the inner child. And so I started working on the inner child, and I worked with my therapist for seven years working on all the trauma and everything. And then, you know, John and I got married, and we're happy and whole, so... Yeah, I, I have a book. I, one of the, one of the books, my and I can't remember what the title of it is because I because I, I had asked. I guess getting back on the or ther- one of the things that when I did like being active in in the therapy thing, one of the things I asked my therapist, I'm like, okay, give me homework, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, and you know, I said because you know this just talking for 45 minutes and then seeing you in a couple of weeks that ain't working for me. So nope. what what do I need to do? What can I be working on? 
you know, yeah. or reading or whatever. And I remember she recommended this one book. I can't remember what it was called, but, uh, the, the person who wrote it was, uh, a, I can't remember what level of therapist, but they were professional therapists. They written this book. And one of the, the, the things I found really fascinating in it is as she worked through her issues, like you're talking about, and I think she didn't realize it. So she kind of became a therapist, was a professional, and it still took her time to ultimately realize, you know, how she got to where she was. And right. one of the things she said, she goes, you know, I had good relationships that were really good. I can look back on it now and they were really the right, like your, it was like your John and yep. she sabotaged it. She's like, I, I didn't feel I was ready for it or deserved it. So I just, so I basically ended it or, or I don't think she, you know, catastrophically blew it apart, but it was just one of those things where it was like mutually like, Hey, you know, this, this isn't working. And she didn't right. understand why later it was like, Oh, it wasn't working because I didn't feel I deserved it. So right. I didn't, you know, I wasn't ready for it. And isn't it amazing how if by not working on this, you know, we're talking about how, you know, you'll find the, you'll find another example of what you're trying to fix. You can have it drop right into your lap, the relationship that you really need. And, and, you'll blow it up. and yeah, you'll blow it up or you'll just be like, well, I'm not attracted or it's just not working or yeah, it was nice, but it's just, you know, and, and turn around and find somebody that's a, Abusive. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm saying you want to find therapists that have done their own work first. So I did my own work first because I knew I would never be able to help somebody else if I wasn't rock solid. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and here's some, and actually, this is one of the books I'm writing is, you know, you want to be a therapist. Okay. Here's the reality of it. When you start doing therapy, you are going to be confronted with Every single person on the face of the planet that could possibly trigger you, that could possibly hook you, that could possibly, you know, try to stir up that inner child. That's why you've got to be rock solid first before you become a therapist. It's, it's the best way to do it. Because let me tell you, I've been spit out. I've had a punch swung at me. I had a guy come across the table at me. This is all when I was working at the homeless shelter. <laughs> you know, I've, had, I've had narcissists sitting on my couch trying to manipulate. I've had borderlines scream at me. I've had... You know, you've got to be absolutely rock solid and have that, that detachment knowing that this is their issue, not yours and not making oh, it. Oh yeah. Bad. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Actually, it's funny you say that. Uh, cause there's a lot of times, like even in the comments, when I get a troll or something, you know, I might have that visceral reaction where I want to say, Oh, let me give you peace of my mind. But typically I'll back off and I'm like, okay, where's this yep. person coming from? How, how can I respond in the most, uh, constructive way. And a lot of times I'll, I'll get, I'll get somebody who's maybe a little trollish or whatever, and I'll, I'll respond using that mindset. And a lot of times they'll come back and they'll go, Oh, sorry about that. You know? And it's like, it's, it's, but you're right. You have to be able to look past it and not take it as a personal slight. Right. I mean, cause I mean, realistically, like a, prof I mean, you're a professional. I mean, you're, you're, it's not an ego thing. If I'm hiring you as a, as a therapist or counselor, you know, I mean, it's like, it's not about you. It's about me. I mean, realistically in that thing, it's about the client. So how can yep. you help me? Not how, you know, I mean, to yeah. a, to a point, right? I mean, if I'm a complete asshat, so to speak, and, and it's not getting anywhere, I mean, it also, it doesn't, you know, you don't need to get, be getting abused or pummeled during the whole session for, you know, twice a week or once, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, then that's counterproductive. Well, and a good therapist will fire the client too, if they're not doing the job, if they're not, you never work harder than your client ever, never work harder than your oh, client. Wow. If the therapist is doing all of the work. The client's never going to learn. It's just like the helicopter parents that won't let the kid fall when they're learning to walk. How is the kid going to learn balance? Yeah. You let the kid do the work and you are there to guide them but you're not doing the work for them. You're giving them all the tools, all the information, all the how-tos, all the instructions. You never work harder than the client, period. You know, that's a great point. And, and, and I'm glad you said that because, I mean, hopefully people will hear that because I think it goes back to, if, so if you, I mean, if I walked in and I'm just, just regurgitating the same thing, now I know you would be like, you know, like you said, without, you know, at some point you're going to like, come on, come on, Dwayne, you know, seriously. But I mean, it's like, all right, you know, if that's what you, I mean, if that's what you're, this is what it's for is if you're just basically paying me to let, to let you listen and not every once in a while, 
you know, for a little bit of validation. Okay. All right. I'll take your money. You know, I don't think that's a great therapist, but that's that because to me, I'm like, look, I've got a waiting list. I've got people who actually want help. So yeah, no, I, 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 but I think, but I think what you just said is a great, a great point too, because I've seen a few where it seems like, you know, Hey, you better get in. And if you miss a session, uh, you know, you might lose one. So, you know, you probably still need therapy. I mean, what I loved about mine, I, I, my therapist was awesome. She's phenomenal. I, I wish there wasn't the ethical things um, to where I could help her on the online stuff. But I mean, I, I understand, you know, I understand the reasons because I, I get it. Right. But um, one thing that uh, I just, when we got towards the end, you know, she's like, so do you want to, I mean, I remember towards the last thing, we, what we started doing is, I mean, it got to the point it was like every other week, then it was once a week when it got really bad. I'm like, can we do multiple? I mean, I'm, I'm like, things are not going well. Right. Which that was problematic. But, but then, you know, as things started getting better, then it went back to every other week. Then it went back to a, a month. And then at one point, uh, it was, um, you know, she's just like, so do you, I mean, do we need, you know, what's, what's next kind of. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. And she goes, well, let's, you know, she goes, well, you'll still be a client. So if something happens, you know, you can come, come back, but I don't, you know, we both kind of said, well, I don't really think there's, you know, there's no, I think you're good. I mean, I I don't think there's a, you know, another issue. Exactly. And the same thing happens with my clients. So when we get to the point where I'm seeing them every month, once every other month, then I finally tell them, honey, you don't need me anymore. You're doing great. You've had yeah. nothing to talk about for the last two months. I'm here if you need me. You can always text me. I'll find a way to fit you in. Do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, and sometimes yeah. people are afraid to let go of the therapist because let's face it, we become kind of the surrogate parent in a way in their minds, yeah. you know? Yeah, and yeah. We, no, I hear you. I have to keep constantly reminding mine. It's like, I'm not your mom. I'm not your mom. I know you're maternal, but I'm not your mom. You know, your mom needs to live in your head. In other words, you need to become your own mom, your own parent. And then when you end the relationship, it's, you always let them know, Hey, I'm here. If you need me, just text, but you've got this, you've got this, you know what to do. Yeah. Well, you may not have noticed, but this hour is just about done. We, we flew through that. Uh, that was an outstanding conversation, Chris. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, Thank you for having me. Guys, definitely check out her channel. Let me see if I can pull up, if, if I can, if this will work. Uh, what I'm bringing up on the screen right now is her YouTube channel. We need to talk with Chris Godinez. Uh, she has a, a, a show every Saturday. Sunday. Uh, Sunday, sorry. She said it at the <laughs> beginning. I apologize. Uh so thanks so much. I, ho- I hope maybe maybe uh, we can do this uh, again in the future. This was a lot of fun. I think it went well. I love that. That would be great. And I want you on my show, Dwayne. we got to figure this out. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Let me see. I'm trying to double check. I, I do want to say just quickly, I missed a bunch of the Super Chats. So thank you, Mr. Skulls and, and uh, Merge Music for the Super Chat support. Um, I, I apologize that I didn't get to the comments on those. Uh, the conversation was, was, was lively. It was awesome having Chris on, but thank you guys for the support of the channel. And, uh, Chris, again, th- thanks for, uh, especially short notice, you know, coming on and having this conversation. I really appreciate it. I think there was a lot of value out of this today. So thank you very much. You're welcome. My pleasure. All right, guys. Um, on that, we are getting close to the end of the show. So thank you so much for hanging out. You know, that was a, you know, that was awesome. It's, it's great to hear a professional who gets it, who understands, who, who realizes that, you know, I'm not just, it's not just a notch on the belt. It's not just the paying client. It's like how to help people, you know, and I think, Hopefully, we're starting to see more of that. I, I know in, in the comments, there's a person working on their um, license or in their process to do that as well. So hopefully, in the future, we are going to have better therapists who are more recognized with this to really help people you know, move on with their lives. On that, have an outstanding weekend. I can't believe it's Friday. We'll be back on Monday, 6 a.m. Take care, guys. Know that uh, you're not alone in all this. You're going to get your life back. 
and it's uh, doing the work and it's absolutely possible. And I just, as I'm rolling this in, I appreciate the channel members there scrolling across the screen. I'll add the new ones on there for the show on Monday. So thank you very much, guys, for all the support. Have an outstanding weekend.